Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Liverpool and the busy fixture piled up congestion of the Christmas period. Christmas and New Year period continues with a home game for Liverpool against Wolves. Um, this was, I guess, a game uh, based on our previous games against Wolves and, and how well they're doing, you know, was always going to be um, a very tough one. Um, obviously, we had, some, we had some very close games with them last season. Um we played them on the last last game of the season actually when we were trying to trying to get that win to to possibly give us a chance of winning the title but um yeah obviously Wolves are a very very good team uh battling on the Europa League front and, and the Premier League front um with a very good manager and a very good team so it was obviously going to be um uh, a tough game anyways you, you added in the circumstances of um man uh, sorry uh Wolves obviously having played Man City uh, just the other day in what in what was a game that that uh, you know must it would have took a lot out of them even though they were playing against ten men, um, and that was reflected in the starting lineups from Wolves. You know they rested Adama Traore, Raúl Jiménez, and Doherty, arguably three of their best players. Um, and after the game, kind of watching the game, it looked like a kind of game where both players could have probably done with the rest. Um, I think now in the last couple of years, as we got more foreign managers, I think they have been increasingly vocal about their discontent uh, with the whole fixture schedule around this time of the year. Um, they talk about having to get used to it and, and move on, but every year they seem to complain about it. And when you watch games like this, you kind of understand what they mean. Uh, you know, back before, maybe when the games weren't so in, in like physically intense as they are now, in terms of the pace of the game, maybe it was okay to play 40 hours later. But I just, I think I'm, I'm with the managers on this one where, you know, I'd rather have the fixtures kind of not so crammed together if it's going to be better football. Um, this very much was a game where, yeah, you could see both teams probably needed the rest and uh, which is why even more, it was even more important for Liverpool to just get the win, uh, get out of the game with any injuries um, and just rest and recoup for a couple of days before we hit up Sheffield United again in the new year. But um, yeah, um, kind of dissimilar to, to Wolves, we went for a pretty full strength team. Uh, the back four has been the same back four that played at Leicester. Um, midfield was was slightly different, one change being Lalana. And I'll touch a little later on in this episode about about that position that he played, because um, it was something interesting that we haven't really seen before. Um, and I think maybe Klopp, Klopp used this game as kind of a, a little experiment, uh, being at home against a team that were, that were possibly tied and had made a few changes. But anyway, I'll touch on that later in the episode. And um, yeah, front three, front three was the same. Uh, and I think that I think that was that was testament to Wolves. I think Klopp felt like he had to put out a pretty strong team, um, otherwise uh, we could have got beat. Uh, you know, Wolves actually did create arguably throughout the game more chances than we did. Uh, they just weren't able to take them. Obviously, we'll come to the VAR discussions as well. Um, but you know, even in the second half, they had some good shots on Allison's goal, um, whereas we didn't really create too much. Um, and that was very much, you know, the, the pattern set in the first half. We had a lot of the ball, um, but a lot of it was passing sideways. It wasn't as quick um, as we normally play. And as much as I think that maybe kind of us having a bit of an off day, I, I, I personally think that a lot of that is down to the tightness and the fatigue in the players. Uh, Andy Robertson, for example, for me, was, was a really, really good example of a player who just didn't look his normal self. Um, and I think we resorted to a lot of give the ball to Trent on the right and see what happens. Um, but yeah, the, the first half was was one of not many chances, but um, was ultimately decided and 
which was actually the whole game was actually decided probably on a 10 minute period just before half time um and our first goal from from Sadio Mane uh, a great long ball uh well no I won't call it a long ball I was having the discussion with with somebody the other week and I think that's actually a long pass uh, and the reason I say that is because he's not lumping it forward in the hope that someone will get will get onto it. He, he's he's you know he's getting the chipping the ball um, kind of longer, but with a full intention of picking out picking someone out or picking a run out. And for me, that's a pass. That's not a long that's not a long ball. And so um, it was a great great pass from the back. Uh, from Virgil van Dijk um, and the and Lallana kind of controlled it but also laid it off to Mane all in one motion um, and Sadio Mane then was a couple of yards in um, and was able to beat Rui Patricio um, but obviously this went to VAR because the referee had blown his whistle but the important thing um, which I don't know if any of you guys picked up when watching it was that the whistle was blown once the ball was in the net uh, and that was critical because if the referee had blown the whistle um, whilst the ball was still in play then the goal wouldn't have been allowed because uh, in that case, you know, Wolves, Wolves would claim, and I think the rules of the game state that um, then, you know, the ball becomes dead as soon as the referee blows his whistle. Um, whereas because the referee had blown his whistle after the ball went into the goal, the ball going into the goal was the ball going dead, um, which was why that goal was able to be given. But I think, you know, from looking at the VAR shots, um, it was definitely came off Adam Lallana's shoulder. It wasn't anywhere near his chest. It was right on that kind of bone um, as you get towards your shoulder, towards your collarbone. Um, so that was definitely, you know, definitely uh, a right decision to be overturned where VAR comes in clutch and does something really good for you. And I think, you know, you'll see this Liverpool stuff trending on Twitter and all this type of thing. But any supporter of any team would acknowledge that that is... Uh, you know, that came off his shoulder and is a valid goal. Uh, the second decision, um, which is the one that will probably be talked about most, um, I don't agree with. You know, obviously, um, as a Liverpool fan, I'm going to be biased towards Liverpool and things like that. But even in this situation, it was very, very cruel to see a goal chalked off um, because of what, a toenail, a heel or whatever. Um, you know, before we had VAR, it was always talked about, you know, the, the, the advantages given to the striker. Um, however, it seems now that the advantage is always given to the defender. Um, we're, we're chalking off, you know, so many goals for, for offside. I don't know the stats off the top of my head about how many, you know, goals have been um, ruled out because of offside and, and very marginal offsides, that is. You know, I look at the Tottenham-Norwich game yesterday as well with the Timu Puki one. I look at this one. Um, and it just seems to be really irking all supporters of every club. You know, even Liverpool, we've been we've been on the wrong side of um, offside decisions like that. The Aston Villa one with Firmino's armpit um, springs to mind. Um, and I think I think the thing about it is I think with the lines and the you know where they have that dotted line up, I think they attempt to make it very scientific. However, it's not that you know they're using they're using photos that. Um, you know, th there's frame rates, so obviously you might not be getting the exact frame and all this type of stuff. And so therefore, they are working on an estimation. But what they are trying to do is be incredibly specific with estimates. And I think that's where that's where it all falls down a bit for me. Um, but yeah, anyways, enough enough talk on VAR. I think we could probably sit here and talk a lot about VAR. Um, but uh, the second half, um, I think we controlled the game a lot better. Um, obviously, the game got a little bit tetchy towards the end um, when Adama Traore came on, when Raul Jimenez came on. As you would expect, you know, Wolves had a bit of an onslaught onto us, but we coped with it pretty well. Um, and yeah, towards the end of the game, everyone looked a bit fatigued. 
uh, like they couldn't probably wait to get into the into the dressing room, get changed, and get on that coach home, uh, which I don't blame them. Um, the uh, as I said earlier, the fixture pile up I think is a bit ridiculous. Obviously, as a fan, it's great, um, but it's almost being done at the expense of good football, um, which I personally don't agree with, and I'd much rather see better good football than um, than tired players. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, one thing I wanted to touch on was uh, Lalana's position. Um, so obviously before the game when the team lineups came out everyone expected Lalana to play that number six position or the Fabinho position as he has done uh, a couple of times this season for us um, but as the game started uh, and as, as kind of things played out in the first 10-ish minutes uh, it's, it appeared that that wasn't the case uh, and actually it would be Henderson who would be playing that um, kind of number six role uh, and Lalana was taking up this kind of uh, right wing position almost where Sally almost where Salah normally plays um with Salah going down the middle and then Firmino playing off him kind of acting more Firmino acting more as a midfielder rather than an attacker um and that was really interesting I, I haven't really seen us kind of start a game like that I've maybe seen us end a game like that as as Salah comes more central and uh Firmino tries to link up the play but um yeah it was interesting that we kind of set out playing that way and I think I think maybe Klopp used this game as a bit of an experiment um, to try something different. Uh, I think as we go later on into the season, as we play teams obviously for the second time, um, and as we get further in the Champions League as well, uh, I think maybe this is a tactic for us to just become a little less predictable, uh, to offer up offer up another way of playing. Um, because then, you know, if that happens, then well, who's going to come and take Firmino, right? If if Salah's if Salah's occupying that kind of number number nine position as the main striker, um, who if Firmino's then dropping deep, who's going to do that? Is that going to be their defensive midfielder? Uh, well, if that happens, then okay, well, what happens to Sadio Mane and and Lallana or that Lallana position that he was playing today? Um, and then obviously you've got still got Henderson and Wijnaldum in there as well. So um, I think it was something that maybe Klopp's been working with or toying with on the training ground um, that was given a go against Wolves. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see it again this season um, in certain games when maybe we can't break the deadlock or we just need something different um, to try and approach the game. But uh, we definitely have a couple of players that can play in that position. Uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain, although he's injured at the moment, uh, springs to mind as someone who definitely could play that position. Lalana, obviously, who played that position today. Shakiri as well, um, coming in off his left foot. Um, I wasn't sure. He wasn't on the bench today. I wasn't sure why. Um, maybe he's injured. Obviously, we had Harvey Elliott and stuff on the bench. I assume that if Shakiri was fit, he would have been uh, on the bench. But um, hopefully, he'll be back soon. Um, but yeah, so we got another clean sheet, kind of. Um, it will, in the record books, count as a clean sheet. Uh, and that's all that really matters at the end of the day. Uh, and I think the shout out to Klopp, um, as we do at the end of all the episodes, is is to rest up um, and get ready to go again. Our next game is on the 2nd of January against Sheffield United. Um, I'm recording this as they play Manchester City, so I think the score is 0-0 when I'm recording this. Um, but obviously, we, we know how difficult the game uh, was for us. When we went to Sheffield uh, earlier in the season, we only won uh, because of a Dean Henderson howler, um, and so obviously it will be another tough game. But similar to similar to the Wolves game, I think the players will still be fatigued, even though we've got like four days um, between uh, this game and the Sheffield United game. So that should be tough. But then obviously straight after that, we've got the FA Cup game as well. So um, yeah, there's no no rest for the wicked, um, and as we continue on this. Uh, on this um, on this journey to try and break this duck in terms of winning the Premier League, we are now officially halfway through the Premier League as well, um, having played our 19th game against Wolves, and uh, you know, it's been perfect, right? Uh, as a, as a fan, as as Liverpool Football Club, there isn't anything more that you could want 
uh, from this beginning part of the season. Obviously, the injuries probably is the only thing. I think if we had Fabinho uh, playing and maybe one other centre-back to cover, I think we'd be in, in the ideal position. But, you know, we've coped really, really well. Um, and onwards and upwards into 2020. Hopefully, we can continue. 2019 has been such a fantastic year for us. Um, so hopefully, 26, 2020 can be the same for us. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And I'll catch you again for a review of the Sheffield United game.